Ahoy! And welcome to the Sea Captain Way podcast with Phil Bender and Greg Patton, where we help listeners navigate the uncharted waters, personal and professional growth. The Sea Captain Way is about energizing top performers to take on risks and push beyond their comfort zone to pursue life-changing goals and achieve peak performance. We're going to help you build your vision by showing you how to break free of boundaries that are holding you back. So, Phil, today we're thrilled to welcome Ellen Keith-Klein-Byrne to the Sea Captain Way podcast. Ellen is the co-founder of Her New Standard, an executive coach, social scientist, and business leader. She develops people to be mindful, courageous, and innovative so they can thrive in their roles. Ellen helps individual clients and teams become more aware of how their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors influence their outcomes. She holds a doctorate in organizational development and change and has over 18 years of experience working on a global learning and development team and as a consultant for Fortune 500 companies. These include Morgan Stanley, Walmart, and Microsoft, and smaller firms and nonprofits. She's contributing offer to the Harvard Business Review, Forbes, and Mindful.org. Mindful.org. Well, welcome, Ellen. You know, it, Greg, if there's one thing we've learned from our experience now with C-Captain Coaching podcasts is that we are usually the dumbest people on the call. I think this is definitely the case again today. Ellen is not only a tremendous business leader, but a wonderful friend. Her and her husband, Steve, and uh, my wife, Lisa, and I are very good friends and kind of grew up together. Our kids grew up uh, in the same circles and her husband, Steve, and I coached together. So there's a lot, there's nice. a lot of layers to this visit today. And so welcome, Ellen. Good to have you. It's so nice to be here. It's so exciting to see you, Phil, watching you evolve into the sea captain, you know, coaching now with a podcast and getting to do what you do so well and helping kind of guide people to really be the best selves they can be. So it's so cool for me to be here with you. So thank you for the invitation. Thank you. That was very nicely said. And just as I wrote it. Um, <laughs> so, so good to have you. Uh, Greg, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, that's often. So Ellen, the primary focus of our discussion today is around the subject of advancing women leaders in organizations. And I development is a top priority for many businesses and it often receives more funding than any other type of corporate training. Um, how do you help your clients review their talent strategy to encourage them to better understand the challenges an organization faces in advancing women, uh, specifically if they have the right place to identify high-performing women with potential uh, to em emerge as future leaders? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good question because we spend... If you don't mind, I just want to tell you a little bit about Her New Standard because that positions that question a little bit. Yeah. Her New Standard started five years ago after my co-founders and I, two business partners, were all around the same age with very similar experiences as far as focusing on developing talent and really understanding whether it's being a psychologist or the head of HR, what do organizations need, what do people need themselves in order to grow? And so when we started to look at how come we were so frustrated with the fact that this middle level of women aren't excelling to that next level, and what was it? And so we decided we were on one call. It was 
so funny. We're having, we're on a zoom call and mm-hmm. a bunch of other people drop off. It's the three of us. And we start complaining about this frustration that we have. And we're seeing these incredibly smart, competent, highly functional women that are really well-regarded within their organization, not feeling like they can get to that next level. And then we talk to the managers and the managers are saying, I don't know. I want them to get to that next level, but it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So we dove into research. We like really head steam, you know, into this, this research. And then we looked at our own experiences, coaching people, developing people and put together sort of our strategy. So to answer your question, what we notice is that middle level is so highly skilled when it comes to being in the university early on in their corporate career, Mm -hmm. and they really are standouts. But what sometimes companies don't realize is the same skills that they did so well to get to this point aren't the same skills that they needed to get further up. Mm -hmm. So often when you start to say, now, how come men seem to kind of navigate that better than women? What's that about? And we start to look at some of the more informal networks that exist within an organization. And so often women need to take that step back and say, oh, wait a minute. I don't need to say yes to everything. What I need to say yes to is something that's going to serve my career. I do need to be more strategic and get out of the weeds. And so Mm -hmm. things like that help companies to say, oh, I need to start to focus on different skill building and help them change their behaviors, as well as the people around them. So we can really start to shift these cultures. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. So even with leadership development being a top priority for most organizations, and many of them making a significant investment in it, Mm -hmm. research shows that more than 70% believe that their leaders are not ready to lead the organization into the future. Why is it that after investing substantial amounts of money in leadership training, many companies have little results to show for it? You know, and I feel I could ask you the same question and you, Greg, it's interesting because the reason we see it is a lot of the training that I notice is not really focused on behavior change. So understanding what that individual needs in order to stretch out of their comfort zone is a key component. And one of those fundamental key components is helping them shift their leadership mindset. So as I know you guys talk about that sort of EQ stuff, the stuff Mm -hmm. that's harder to access. Sure. It's really easy to have a leadership program about let's learn about giving and receiving feedback. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Let's learn about uh, strategic thinking. All right, great. But how do you really look at what are, what are those limiting beliefs that you're holding on to that are getting in your way? Right. What are those really deep stuff that people don't really want to go to, especially mm-hmm. in a work environment? It's much easier in a, in a um, safer outside environment. So I think that that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know Phil, he talks about you know shifting behavior patterns and the way um, I've seen him coach his clients, as you talk about like the one degree shift, right, right mm-hmm. Phil, that right. It, it doesn't have to be a wholesale change the way you operate every, you know, day to day, but just one, you know, change in behavior can make a, a big difference, right? Yeah. And it's, and it's day to day, month to month, quarter to quarter. We mm-hmm. tend to 
go to seminars or we go to workshops, we come out, we're on fire and we raise the needle for a period of time. And then there's, it's just a slow road back to your familiar. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. how do you make those shifts? So it's interesting to hear you share it that way. Well, and I think the appreciation for coaching, you know, we have these leadership development programs that run from three to six months with skill building and assessments and all these classic things along with executive coaching. And then Mm -hmm. when the executive coaching can continue after that, then you can really start to nurture those behavior shifts Mm -hmm. and nurture those times. Because to your point, Phil, as soon as you leave a program, if you're not continuously reminded, uh, we get, we're an autopilot. That's the way we live our lives, because especially because they're so busy. Yeah. So we need to be reminded. We need to have that uh, accountability partner. Yeah. So I, don't, I know there are a number of different leadership development programs in different industries. Um, after an organization has identified male stars, what are some of the criteria that should be considered when deciding on you know, a leadership development program that would be the best fit? Yeah, I think it gets to what level you're talking about. So each level for any employee needs a different kind of training. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the executive team or the team below that, executive coaching really helps or group coaching, sort of that time when you can feel like you're not alone and with external vendors, because Mm -hmm. we know from a lot of the work that we do, particularly with women in male-dominated organizations, they feel much safer with an external vendor because they can let their hair down. Guard down, yeah. And then in that middle level, it's different skills. And then the lower level, they don't want to invest that much, but they want to invest something. So what are those things? It's more like self-leadership versus leading other people, whereas the middle level is shifting between that self-leadership yeah. to leading other people. Yeah, that's a yeah. great insight. So what would be the difference between your leadership program style versus some of the other options that are available? Yeah, I love that question. The process that I talked about, about really looking at limited beliefs Mm -hmm. and limiting behaviors that sabotage us and strengths. So all of programs start with really looking inside along with getting a a, a, some version of a 360. Mm -hmm. So you see, what do I think about myself? And what are the stuff going on inside? And then how do other people see us so that we can start to say, all right, what are those watchouts that are getting in our way? What are those strengths that we want to make sure we continue to shine really Mm -hmm. brightly? Mm -hmm. And so how can we navigate that? But it's really talking about the leadership mindset and shifting behaviors, I would say would be the two huge differences. And we measure that behavior change, which is also very different. Yeah. It all really starts with the leader. And I think that's interesting to hear, Ellen, you share that, which is a theme we, we hear with coach after coach. Rather than talk mm-hmm. about the surroundings or talk about the situation that you're in, it all starts with your awareness, your uh, understanding of self, your opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I think as you, as you start to realize those themes, as we've seen with our other coaches, can continue to ring true. And so uh, leaders have the ability to communicate clearly about what they stand for and how it can determine how effectively they motivate, influence, inspire others. This includes articulating a clear picture of the values that drive them and their approach to leading others. 
At Sea Captain Coaching, we coach our clients to understand that their brand is one of their most important assets. Mm-hmm. I know you are collaborating with female leaders you coach and about how they present their leadership brand with confidence. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how you define what a leadership brand is to your clients? Yeah, and I'll start with one of the research that we really go to a lot is done by Robin Ely, who's at the Gender Institute within Harvard Business School. And she really said, okay, why are you, you know, there's importance of taking women out of dual sex leadership development when they're at that middle level. And the reason being is for them to really feel like they belong in an organization, especially a male-dominated organization, it gets to your point. It's feeling, how do they feel valued? What's their brand? Mm-hmm. And when they can connect their passion, their strengths with the organization's values and needs and goals, and they can start to see that, oh my goodness, look at these, these things that I do so well are really serving the company, mm-hmm. then it's so much better for them and easier for them to have that confidence of sitting in a boardroom and raising their hand and saying, wait, I have something I'd like to add, even if it's so out of the box from what the other people are saying in the room, because they've connected what they're doing to that ultimate organizational goal. In their mind, it's clear. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I that, see. That's spot on, Phil, because I know you talk about when you were able to connect your values with the organization's values, it helped retain Mm-hmm. That you know everybody's everybody's buying in. It lessens the reasons to think about making a move. Yeah, exactly. So Ellen, Phil, and I spend a lot of time working with our clients, helping helping them to define and articulate. Or you know, we call it a unique value proposition, mm-hmm. and kind of same thing. And we help them hone this story in a way that differentiates their business. And this serves as a springboard to like everything else from a marketing perspective. That once you get your value proposition. Then we start applying it to your website and your LinkedIn profile, presentation decks, other sales support assets. So what factors are some of the factors that you use to help leaders identify their unique value proposition? It's maybe kind of the same question, but a different way. You know, okay. So I guess the simplest way for us to explain it, it's exactly what you said, but we Mm -hmm. use a Venn diagram. Okay. So one of the circles on the top is your strengths. Like what are the things you know you're really, really good at? Mm-hmm. And then what are the things, what's your passion and purpose? And often, I don't know if you see this in your coaching, sometimes they have a hard time articulating that passion and purpose. Mm-hmm. That's something that needs to be worked on. They know it, but they don't really know how to say it or articulate it. And then how does that connect to the organizational need? And so when you can start to put these three pieces together and be able to say it out loud, then they, it starts to create the story so that you can pull into whatever conversation you're in. You can pull it into you know, the elevator pitch, or you can pull it into a much longer conversation in an interview or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about your story. You know, Who you are matters mm-hmm. more than what you know. And uh, especially once you've once you've been around for a while, right? It's like the old, uh, mm. nobody really pays attention to the GPA after your first job, right? Because you it's hope. About, well, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for me, for me, it was a necessity. And to think I wasn't going to, and I wasn't going to tease you about your shameless plug for your, for trade wind with your LinkedIn oh, okay. profile so, and website. 
And I didn't do I had it. That coming. I didn't do it, but you broke the seal. And this is unfortunately, Alan, sometimes. But, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, right back to point. It is about who you are, it is about core values, it is about your mission and purpose. And, and for so many of us, we, we sit at a planning day, maybe a retreat once a year, we state these things, and then they go into a file. And they're never mm-hmm. really applied. And so that was really mm-hmm. excellent to hear you speak about how valuable those things are. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that individual behavior, mindset shifts can accelerate women's success in the workplace. Okay. Making changes mm-hmm. at, at the organi- organizational level is also essential. Well, mm-hmm. I know it's mm-hmm. great that many organizations have increased their efforts to close the gender gap with investments in diversity equity and inclusion initiatives, women's day-to-day experiences still remain influenced largely by those they work with. Mm -hmm. So why is management's involvement still critical to women's leadership development? Oh, well, I mean, I know I don't need to tell you, but I will say it anyway, that you can send a woman through an amazing coaching experience, an amazing program, We know we're really good at it, but if they end that program and they go back into their same system without support from their manager, particularly, they're much more likely to leave Mm because they'll get frustrated. Uh, They'll start to see their potential, feel their potential, and then it gets squashed. So when you can have, and so we do a lot of work with the manager and the the human resource business partner Mm -hmm. to help them continue to grow. Because often what we hear from the managers is, oh, yeah, I'm so excited about, you know, Mary Jane going off to this program, but I have no real idea how to serve. How, does, how do I support her? I think I do, but I, I really don't, I'm not sure I do. Can you help me with that? Mm-hmm. And so when they start to sort of really share honestly, they don't want to really admit it, but when I get them one-on-one, they'll, they'll let their guard down and actually say, okay, tell me what to do here. Uh, but in a big group, they might be a little quieter about that. Okay. So, that, that, sounds but, like the managers need training as well on, on how to implement your, your, yeah. do, we do some manager training and it's very powerful and the women really appreciate it. They notice the difference. Yeah. So Ellen, there's obviously more than one path to success. And one of the things that I found interesting when I was looking at your different training program options is that you help your clients develop a career roadmap. Mm -hmm. Um, And it mentions that this strategy includes reverse engineering a path to success. Can you give us some details about that reverse engineering strategy? Well, it's sort of like looking at who they are now and then really helping them understand who they want to grow into. Who do you want to be in three years? Who do you, what do you want your legacy to be? This is classic coaching stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So then you start to have a vision and often the people that we work with don't have a very, there's not crystal clear, but they have some idea. And so then how do you start to work backwards on what do you need and what kind of behaviors do you need to show up to be there? And Mm -hmm. what kind of beliefs do you have to have about yourself? So then it goes back down to that belief system and leadership mindset. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So leadership presence is crucial, but -hmm. it can be difficult to define Mm -hmm. because it is one isolated quality, but a combination of personal, interpersonal skills 
that instills confidence from others, builds trust, and motivates those around you to rally behind your ideas and vision. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the insights you share with your clients about the importance of how they show up, communicate verbally, Mm non-verbally, and the impression they leave on others? Yeah. Isn't it that amazing? Like how people receive you is so important. And sometimes people get that missing gap. So having people give you feedback on how you show up in certain circumstances is so important. But yeah, we talk about the classic things about communication. So physical presence, how do you stand? How do you own Mm -hmm. your space? Mm -hmm. You know, we just did a program yesterday and, you know, we had everybody stand like a mountain, you know, like mountain pose and yoga and really feel your feet on the floor and feel grounded. So when you're standing in front of a group, then you feel this level of confidence and you don't Mm -hmm. need to put your arms somewhere because you kind of have this rooted Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. So all that good stuff is pretty classic, but then again, it goes into that confidence. How do you build that level of confidence? And we start our session on this about like, think about people in your environment that have incredible executive presence and they start brainstorming. And then you start to think about these folks and they're so passionate about what they're doing Mm -hmm. that the passion comes through and helps to drive their confidence. Mm. So when you can do all the sort of classic stuff, and then when you can connect to that passion and strength, it's like that, it's like that brand alive. That brand comes alive. You belong there. You feel like you own it. So that's what I've, I think is the meat of it. But for women in particular, often we find women have been socialized to belittle themselves. So they'll say, you know, I'm not sure this is a good idea, but, you know, I thought I might suggest, and instead of just saying, I have an idea, here it is. So they do a lot of preambling Interesting. that kind of throws off pe- people's tune out. Qual- They're like, all right, qualifying. I'm on to something else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that qualifying can really get in the way. Interesting. And so I'm, I'm looking at and thinking about this and how this applies. Gosh, I wish I'd have uh, spent more time listening to you when uh, when I was still running my firm. This is <laughs> this is You're uh, so funny. Well, but and, and I certainly hope that for they get to see you on video as opposed to just audio in the podcast because the energy that you exude verbally is mm. not even remotely as powerful, in my opinion, as watching you go through what you're s- suggesting. It is no, it's no surprise to me to see that how well this is going for you based on just your passion. And, you know, I just wanted to say that for those that may just be on an audio podcast is that exudes confidence as well. That says a lot about how, how you show up. And then, uh, Greg, I guess we wrap, huh? This is, uh, this was a lot faster than I expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. So Ellen, thanks very much for joining us today and sharing insights and strategies about how your business, Her New Standard, helps advance women in their careers and into leadership positions. So what's the best way for people to learn more about um, your women's leadership programs at Her New Standard, um, what's available and how they can sign up to enroll in one of them? Oh, you're so sweet to do that. I am at Ellen at hernewstandard.com. That's Ellen at hernewstandard.com or just hernewstandard.com and check out our website. 
We have lots of good stuff there and amazing blogs. I have to say um, our blogs are, are really top notch. So I encourage you to check them out. Yeah, I'll vouch for that. I had the chance to to get up to speed and and look at some of the content. It was great. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Ellen, was just an absolute pleasure personally, professionally, on every level. You're such a source for good. And what you've done in your career pursuits in these past five years with this organization is nothing short of phenomenal. And so I want to thank you for being here. And I look very forward to, uh, well, we'll see you soon. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much, Phil. Nice thank meeting you. you, Greg. Bye, Ellen. Good Be well, you. everyone. Bye, Ellen. Bye now. Bye now. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Sea Captain Way podcast. If you found the conversation valuable, please like, share, and post a review on your favorite podcast app. To learn more about Sea Captain Coaching and how you can start taking advantage of our purpose-driven coaching guidance, visit us at seacaptaincoaching.com and get the Sea Captain view on navigating uncharted waters of growth. The link is in the show notes. You can also follow us at Sea Captain Coaching on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Wishing you fair winds and a following sea on your journey.